Welcome to the Art of the Dive. It's happening. Game week one is upon us. It's Tuesday for us right now, so we've got a few more days until the season officially kicks off. All of our preseason pods are done. We've got five of them in the bag. Uh, Kind of our preseason thoughts, our premium pod, mid-price, and budget budget pod, and our 10 tips for FPL success. So managers, if you're still looking for a little help to start your season, check those out. I am here with Jake, who just took seven minutes to get his microphone set up on his computer. We've now done 19 episodes, and it took him seven seven minutes to set up his microphone. Not looking good for Jake uh, to last through the season. I would give him maybe till uh, Boxing Day to last as the pod manager here. Jake, how are you, buddy? Doing well. Uh, that sounds like the amount of tinkers that I've done today alone in the morning, um, and sounds like what's going to happen with my FPL team. Yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like you have the manager time span left of, like, Mourinho. Yeah, I wouldn't even give myself, like, his credentials. Maybe more like Cardiff, like whoever manages that team. You, you, don't, you don't even know. Yeah, with the Wizard. That's his nickname. That's all I remember, right? Yeah, well played. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's do this. So Game Week 1 pod, are, is your team ready? Are you ready to go? Uh, tinkering's gonna still happen, I'm not gonna lie, but it, it it's in a good place, a better place than what it was a couple days ago. Yeah, I think most serious managers that have spent a lot of the last month kind of getting their teams together uh, are are feeling pretty confident about at least the core of their team, and now it's down to just a handful of questions around the fringe players. Yeah, no, that's, that's me too, so. Okay. That's- yeah, 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 I'm Jake, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so just some quick business. Um, our mini league is still open. This is really your last kind of chance to get into it. Um, code is 127-487-188629. Again, that's 127-487-188629. Jake and I have decided that we are going to, the winner of the league will get a t-shirt, an Art of the Dive t-shirt. So uh, join the league, try to win. You won't be able to beat me and Jake, obviously, but give it a go, uh, and you'll win a T-shirt if you do. Jake, I really hope that we don't have to send that T-shirt like across the world. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, I mean, they'll probably beat me, but hopefully not you. That's what we're banking on. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Okay, uh, let's get into this. So we've got a couple questions just kind of to launch this pod off today. Uh, some write-ins, and then we'll get into kind of our more traditional uh, game week, uh, week by week um, storyboard that we kind of go through to to answer everyone else's questions and and stuff about games. So first question came from Cy, the fantasy guy, the guy that wants to take your job. Uh, He asked, uh, I think, a really good question that you and I were talking about earlier. So he said, uh, Rabo or VVD, and I threw in there, or Trent Alexander-Arnold. Who's the best option in that Liverpool back line right now? Yeah, really good question. And it's like one of the things I'm still battling with. Um, I do think Robbo is most likely to get the, the most returns. Um, probably not goal-wise necessarily, but a lot more assists. Um, 
VVD is definitely going to get a lot more headers in the box. I forget the underlying stats exactly, but for the last however many games he was in the season last year, had a lot of chances. But as we know, heading chances are very difficult to determine if they're actually going to score. Um, so as Jimmy, one of our friends, says, you know, regression to the mean, There's he's got to start scoring some of those. Um, but to me, Trent Alexander is more interesting because he's a mill cheaper. He'll still give you cleans in that back line. Um, and also offers some attacking returns. So I may be considering him in these next couple of days. Yeah, so I'm a little confused with the whole situation. Um, I know that Rabo and Trent are the first choice outside backs, but I'm concerned that there's going to be enough rotation with um, Klein and Moreno that one of the two of them or both are going to see less minutes than what we're expecting for them. So sometimes, like in my head, I justify it like, oh, well, if I'm spending five instead of six and he gets rotated a little bit, it's not as big of a deal. You had said before, and I agree with you, VVD is certainly the safe move. Uh, He'll play probably every single match and every single minute of every match, uh, whereas the other two have a chance to be rotated. I guess my bigger question is, and maybe a better Liverpool fan out there would know, where is there more competition for time, uh, Rabo's spot or Trent's? Yeah, that's definitely a difficult question to answer, but I would think that just based on who's competing, like Klein is going to push Alexander a little bit harder, but that's just kind of a gut call. I think that's fair. Uh, Okay, next question was from FPL Bud. I believe that's his Twitter handle, at FPL Bud. His question was just like, how do mini leagues, but more specifically, uh, head-to-head leagues work? So I think it's his first or second year uh, playing FPL, and he's managing some mini leagues this year, kind of like setting them up, trying to decide if he's going to do head-to-head or uh, just table points-based. And then the other question he had that went along with that was, should he do knockout rounds in his head-to-head league or not? I'm going to just take this one to get started, and then you can chime in. So I think mini leagues are really awesome. We have a really small one with just our group of friends, and then we obviously have League Dive, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, they're a fun way to like have something else to focus on other than overall rank because at some points in the year, the overall rank just becomes so volatile, especially early in the year, that it doesn't seem to carry a lot of weight. Um, so the mini leagues are fun to kind of focus on in that regard. Plus, you tend to see a lot of the people or chat with a lot of the people that you play mini leagues in now the mini leagues i've always been a part of have just been table based so each week you get a certain score and that gets added to your overall score Um, but a lot of people have started to play head-to-head leagues uh, which is basically just each week you're matched up against another person the person with more points uh, that week receives three points uh, for a win if for some reason you draw i believe they just give one as usual and then zero for a loss Uh, jake have you ever done head-to-head leagues no, I haven't yet, and that would be definitely something that would be interesting to do moving forward. So You and I should just do a head-to-head. Yeah, for the whole season. Yeah, a lot of people do that, like 1v1 head-to-head leagues. Yeah, let's let's do it. We still have time. All right, I'll set it up. Uh, knockout rounds, though, is kind of like a place where some people get into it, like whether or not you should do it. Uh, the way knockout rounds work is basically just a playoff Um you have a, a playoff bracket that's set up at the end of the season. Uh, I think it's the last like four or six game weeks, depending on how deep you go. 
uh, with with your knockout rounds. Um, one of the big complaints of the knockout rounds is towards the end of the scene, uh, season, the lineups change quite a bit, especially like the last two game weeks. Um, and so it can be a little bit difficult or leave some managers at a big disadvantage, even if they had had a really good season. Personally, I'm not a big fan of the knockout rounds, but that's just me. Yeah, I would agree with that, but okay, it's kind of like it's kind of like the cup too. Like you, I, I think they changed it right. Like this time, they're not allowing you to use chips in the cup. But like last year, like if someone used a chip, like isn't that how you got knocked out last year? Yeah, so I won like my first maybe three rounds, and then I got caught against a burner team basically that somebody had just made out of nowhere. Um, and then they had just played like in the first three weeks, they had played their chips. So they had, uh, they played, I believe it was a triple captain or a bench boost against me. And then I lost. Uh, so yeah, they're changing the rules this year. You can't just throw, um, burner teams in. I think your team has to have existed for at least three game weeks before it's allowed to compete in the cup. I believe this year, I know that's how they're doing it with winning the game week overalls. And I don't think you can use chips this year either. Yeah, no, but I think both of those things are the rules, which, again, I know that was a theme last year for us, but whoever manages the FPL site, like, once I lose my co-host job, I'm telling you, that's not a bad position for me because I have the thoughts of the people and I could share those with the FPL website. So. It's only a matter of time before you become corrupt, just like official yeah. FPL, Jake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the dark- I'd be corrupted soon. Yeah, yeah, the darkness would take over. Yeah, Obi Wan, you're our only hope. No. What, what was that? Yeah, like like Princess Leia, because she. Never mind. It's all right. Yeah, never mind is right. All right, uh, another little write in here. We're gonna say this is from FPL Squid. Uh, I've been thinking that having Sane and Mendy doesn't make sense because they both play on the same side. The points will come from one or the other, never both. If they both play, they compete for time on the ball and opportunities. Thoughts? So I think basically what's being said here is that uh, Mane, or excuse me, Sane and Mendy both play left-sided, uh, and the the points only can can come from basically one side of the pitch. I think is like kind of the idea there. So I think what he's trying to say is like those two aren't going to be linking up a lot to get extended FPL points, whereas like Sane could serve the ball to Aguero or Bernardo Silva could play. Sane in for a goal and then you get dual points does that kind of make sense yeah it makes sense and I agree with that statement I was even considering like doing Walker and Mendy and just bypassing the outside mids for City um, kind of for the same reason so I think that's a good point to make and I'm not really high on Sane because he just hasn't been very good in preseason form but something to consider if you want to do walker and maharas so yeah i uh i do think that that's something that a lot of managers should be thinking about um Sonny and mende could be competing for time yeah definitely so there's talk that they might do like three five two uh, which would mean that one of them probably has to make way. So just keep your eye on it. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to play out. None of us really know, um, but but something to keep an eye on. Okay, Jake, uh, we've got some FPL tidbits here. Um, these are kind of the things that have happened in the last day or two since we did the last pod. Uh, I guess I'll just read them off, and then you want to comment on them? Yeah, sounds good to me. 
Okay, uh, so Hazard and William both are back. Uh, they've both trained the last two days, and both of them played a number of minutes in the match today. What does that mean for Chelsea assets, Jake? Still hard to know, but I do think that um, Will I am is going to be more likely to start the season. Um, meaning Hudson Adoy probably shouldn't be in your team. You might want to select another four or five or pay an extra 0.5 mil um, to get a more likely consistent starter. Hazard, he's just more interesting to me because Chelsea's offense has been pretty terrible. Um, maybe not one to consider right off the bat, but if someone wants to take a shot at a differential like captaining hazard in a couple weeks may be interesting in a team like that i can't really remember when he's played on a wing in like a 4-3-3 system if he's ever done that before though yeah he has uh but with conte there was less of that yeah so i guess it's i think that would be a good position for him to play um but also a little bit risky to invest 10.5 and be captaining that so yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, Chelsea has a lot of settling to do yet. This also definitely hurts Pedro, I think, um, who looked to be the starter uh, because it looked like one of either Hazard or William were going to be out, but it now sounds like they will both be there. Uh, Courtois is not showing up to practice there as well. That's the rumor, at least. I think he told Sarri that he's not playing, so if anyone has Courtois on their team, uh, get him out. Uh, also sounds like Chelsea have completed, completed the signing of uh, Kepa, the Atletico Bilbao goalkeeper, and they're saying it's going to be the most expensive goalkeeper signing ever. Uh, I'm going to guess that he's going to be priced at 5.5 in the game once they bring him in, assuming that deal goes through. Yeah, I agree. I just thought it was interesting that Sari said he knew nothing about it. So, Yeah, that is strange, but it does look like it's going through. Uh, Dembele, possible move from Bar- Barca to Arsenal? I mean, it's kind of just a rumor, but it's it's being talked about in the FPL and EPL world. Uh, definitely one to keep an eye on because it would probably affect Mickey. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. He would seem to be the most affected by it. Um, but I, I do, as an Arsenal fan, I mean, yeah, I would definitely want Dembele. I think there's still other positions on the pitch that would be very much more, they're much more needed to get like a star player like that. But I do think that Arsenal's team is very thin all the way around, which surprises me. And I, I know Emery like you said when we were talking before, wants to offload players that aren't going to play. But I just like really worry about this team if they get into Europa and there gets to be a couple guys injured, but we'll see. Yeah, we're not going to talk about uh, Arsenal anymore because we'll just do a whole Ars cast then. Uh, Speaking of players that are getting offloaded, Arsenal Chambers out to Fulham on loan season long. Uh, 4.5 defender was playing some midfielder for Arsenal. I don't think that he'll play midfielder for Fulham, but I guess there's the off chance. Uh, if he did, definitely would be in my side, but more likely to probably play in the outside back spot. Any interest, Jake? Um, I guess I'm questioning like where he's gonna play. Like, doesn't doesn't Christie play on the right side there? I think so. So is he going to play left back? I don't know. And no interest until we know a lot more and still probably no interest. So 
Yeah, and still probably no. Uh, Wolves, I think, have completed the signing of Traore. Is that true? Or the, No, they have not completed it yet, but they are close to completing it from Middlesbrough. Um, Traore is an interesting player. Plays Has played for Middlesbrough like in an attacking mid-spot and also kind of as a winger. Uh, super, super pacey. Uh, has like an absurd amount of dribbles completed or take-ons completed. Um, I guess just an interesting uh, offensive uh, asset for Wolves, but definitely someone to keep an eye on because he could affect playing time of some of the wingers there. Yeah, definitely. I feel like he may play up top in that 3-4-3-ish or however you want to call it, formation. 4-3-3 um, probably. Isn't that normally what they play? Uh, they they kind of, no, they kind of play a 3-4-3. Oh, really? But yeah, or if you want to say like a 5-2-3, but um, so my guess is the player that would get hurt the most is Costa, personally. I think that he right now is a midfielder um, in the game, and then he plays on the right wing um, in the attacking three, so my guess is that's whose spot Traore may be taking, but I guess it's hard to say for sure. Okay, Uh, Bournemouth signed Jefferson Lerma. I don't really know anything about him. Do you, Jake? No, I just know he plays in the midfield, so we're going to have to see who's... Yeah, But it was a record club signing, so he's probably going to be playing for them sooner rather than later. For sure, yeah, they're bringing him to play. And then Burnley signed striker uh, Vidra, and they also signed uh, Gibson, the defender. Um, So it looks like they're trying to kind of beef up their side a little bit, especially with, um, with Europa League. Uh, now definitely a factor, so trying to add some depth. Yeah, Burn- Burnley's just a big solid no for me, except for maybe keeping an eye on goalkeeper and if like Wood is healthy and playing a lot, but I'm just worried about rotation with their field players. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they prioritize this year with their opportunity in Europa. Will they put their first team lineups on Thursday night out against uh, against the, the tough co- competition of Europa, or are they going to kind of save those more first team lineups for the Premier League this year? Yeah, good, good point. Yeah. Okay, let's take a really quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into the game week preview. We'll talk about matches. Uh, Jake will whine about he ha- how he has too hard of a time picking his vetted essentials for the game week. We'll talk about trap players, captain choices, and then... It's on to game week one. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. Jake finally got his whole life sorted out, but tinkering with his FPL team, something that he'll never be done with, uh, he could not sort that out. Sorry, Jake. True story. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so we're going to get into the game week one uh, meat of it here. We're going to go through each match, uh, talk a little bit about some of the different uh, players in the matches, maybe highlight players to pay attention to. It's really important early in the season here that managers are are really paying attention to all the matches. As the season goes on a little bit more, you can calm down with it a little bit. But early in the season, it's really important that you pay attention to who starts, uh, what types of players are performing, um, are there changes in lineups from preseason or tactics from preseason uh, that we weren't expecting? Uh, because we're going to have to kind of adjust on the fly here in the beginning of the year. So let's start right from the top, Jake. Friday, Friday night, uh, Man United, Leicester. I'm excited. What are your thoughts on the match and FPL assets over there? 
Yeah, um, the match doesn't excite me a ton. Um, besides it being the first EPL game of the season. Um, right now, one of the things that I'm having a hard time is determining, am I okay to go without Man United defense? Um, because they just don't seem very settled this year. So common sense would say I don't need to have a defender on their team, but then they'll probably get like three out of five clean sheets and I'll regret it. Um, I'm still not a big fan of De Gea. Uh, I just think he had an extremely outstanding season. He got a price bump. I'm not willing to pay that. So right now I have Smalling in my team because he's the most nailed spot. But Shaw is someone who still interests me in the short term. But now with the news of Trent Alexander, I think he's a better 5 mil option. Um, Offensively, there's not much going for them. So maybe they'll turn it around. But I guess Sanchez is... A shout because if he plays up top, he, you know, is likely against a really poor defensive Leicester side to do something. Yeah, I think that's the bigger issue there is that defensively Leicester is pretty poor. I mean, they're relatively organized, but they just don't have the players in the back. Uh, and so you could see a player like Sanchez having a good start to the year. Now, part of me kind of wants Sanchez to like score a goal and everybody to get a big boner and bring him in. Uh, cause I just don't see him sustaining, uh, long periods of points returns this year. Uh, I completely agree with you on that back line on man, man United. That's challenging. I believe they started the season last year with four clean sheets. And so a lot of people are high on them, hoping that they're going to start off again, but I just don't see it. They're not as organized in the back. Um, Shaw looks just fat to me. He's currently in my team, but he just looks fat. People used to always joke about it. He's just fat. Yeah. No, I mean, and then you have two China dolls in the center with, like, Bailly and Jones, and, like, who's going to get injured when, and then is Lindelof going to get rotated in? So Smalling seems like the best way to go. I mean, and then I guess my thinking is I can go to Young. Yeah. Because um, they're both six mil. So that seems the safest thing for me. How about anybody on Leicester? I mean, I'm just going to keep my eye, I guess, on Vardy. I'm interested to see how this Leicester team looks now without Mahrez. Uh, but other than that, there's nobody I'm really looking at. Yeah, Vardy, if your team is amenable to a nine or nine and a half mil forward, I think he's an interesting option because he's a differential. Um, and I just, I, he gets goals. Like, they have a really good run of fixtures, so I don't think it's wrong to consider him. Um, right now, a 9 mil forward is just not going to fit in my team. Um, and then I think Madison picked up a small injury, um, but he's just he's really interesting to me. He's yeah. like, is he going to be the next Grob? Um, and I think he's one of like two or three players that have a really good chance of doing it. So That's true. We'll see. He's. I think he's just got like kind of a knock. Um, if he plays, I'm keeping a very, very close eye on him. Okay. Can we jump to the next game? Yeah, we can jump to the next game. All right. So the next match is Spurs-Newcastle. It's the early morning game on Saturday. I think a lot of people are just really interested to see how Spurs line, line up. There's a lot of questions about how they're going to organize that back line. Um, you know, does, does Babies play... Uh, as a center back, as he has been a lot during the preseason, does he go back to his traditional wing back role? Do they play with a flat back four? We're not really sure. Um, also, who gets the start on the right side of the pitch? I think Arier is going to be 
starting the season, but Trippier is going to be challenging for that spot. Uh, through the midfield, we've got Mr. Steady, Christian Eriksen, likely to end up in kind of a deeper role to start the season, especially with the players that are available. Sounds like Ali will for sure not be playing, or at least not starting. And it, I mean, we don't think Kane's going to start. There's a chance that he possibly could, but I, I would think that he'd probably be out for game week one and then back in game week two. Now, for me, the most interesting player on the team is Lucas Mora. I think I'm probably going to start my season with him. Uh, just because not only is he a pretty decent 7.0 option, I also think he could solidify a starting spot on that team. Yeah, I guess my question to you is, they're probably going to play a 4-5-1. Who's playing in the cam role then? Well, I don't know. It's probably Lamella uh, or Lucas Mora. Yeah, it's hard. There's so many. I look at their team right now in FPL and... With Ali not playing, Lamella's injured, Wanyama's injured, Sissoko's injured, Winks is also injured, but it's like, they're very limited, so, I mean, I don't think Sun's a good way to go because he's not playing after the first game, but Mora definitely brings some interesting value at 7, and then Erickson is... I mean, he can't get rotated out, which he never does anyways, but two players to consider. I just don't really like their fixtures. I, I think besides their Fulham fixture at home, they, they go against Man United away, Liverpool at home, and then at Watford's not super easy, and at Brighton's not super easy, and then James Park um, also not, not easy. So I, I just don't like Spurs' team to begin begin the season yeah i think that's fair i mean over at newcastle oh we forgot about rondon oh yeah we didn't talk about him yeah because we don't care well rondon newcastle sign him uh so he's back in the league can't get rid of him nice guy rondon uh anyways so he'll be playing for them is there anybody on the newcastle team you're interested in i I mean i know matt richie's one to keep an eye on um also kennedy's one to keep an eye on uh their fixtures are pretty tough to start the season yeah, not interested to start the season. Kennedy, actually, I almost put on my team just to sit in that really cheap uh, role um, j- just because, but I think there's a better option, which we-, we can talk later about. I think de- depending on after how they do, I think Shar is a little bit interesting to me um, in the center back role because he gets he seems like he's predisposed to getting a lot of goals and bonus points um and if they keep some clean sheets he may be someone to consider at five mil okay uh bournemouth cardiff uh yeah right like is bournemouth gonna be good this year that's the question i think probably not um but i think king is one definitely to keep an eye on um a lot of people have him in their side right now. I'm considering him at 6.5. Uh, he's probably going to be on penalties, uh, playing like as a side-by-side striker or a recess striker, kind of attacking mid-roll. Um, you know, going against Cardiff, you could... I mean, there were games, not so much last year, but the year before, that Bournemouth as a team would go out and score three, four, five goals. Uh, and we had multiple FPL players with double-digit returns on that team. They, they really regressed last year, and I'm not sure why that was. Um, so I'm going to keep an eye on their team. I'm not interested in anyone in their defense. 
Um, on Cardiff's side, I guess Bobby Reed, uh, the striker at 5.5 for them. I'm interested just to see how he plays and how Cardiff line up around him. If it looks like he might get some service this year, he could definitely be a 5.5 option to have on your team. Yeah, um, I agree. But he again, he's a little bit frustrating to me because I don't think he's going to be playing out-and-out striker. Um, and that's like where he is for FPL. Uh, this game, I, I just don't think there's going to be a ton of goals. Um, I've been wrong before. Usually I am wrong. Fact. Um, but, like, Bournemouth, besides this new signing, which I guess they finally did before preseason, um, they just didn't They didn't get any better. So, like, wh- why would they be better? And then they have some injuries. Um, Ake, probably their best defenders, injured in the back, which makes their defense even worse. Like, is that even possible? So, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm staying away from players on both these teams, except I the only thing I'm kind of interested in is Cardiff's 4-0 defensive option. If I just go, like, three strong defenders and two 4-0 with Obi-Wan in the back just to start the season. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, speaking of Obi-Wan, Crystal Palace, ton of people putting faith, their only hope, in Crystal Palace's back line. See what I did there? Uh, Obi-Wan, Tompkins, Sako, PVA. People are pretty hard for Crystal Palace right now. Uh, really expecting them to be a strong defensive team. I don't know that that'll be the case. I think Roy will have them well organized. I don't know that they're going to get the returns that people necessarily are hoping for. Uh, but I, I have faith in that Crystal Palace defense to, uh, to provide some points this year in clean sheets. Um, some attacking returns because their fullbacks get forward. Um, and then, of course, Zaha to keep an eye on there as well. Yeah, I am in the camp of being hard uh, for Crystal Palace. Yeah, you are. Um, yeah. So right now I actually have two of their defenders in, which I may need to alter. But um, Zaha is the most interesting player to me because I just want him to play center forward and he'd be nailed um, in my team. Um, but he just seems to score goals against a lot of bad teams, and they play not very good defensive teams off the bat. Of their first uh, nine games, the only difficult game, in my opinion, is at home against Liverpool. So I'm right now I'm very tempted to consider Zaha as my second striker. Yeah, me too. I, I know we talked earlier that he wasn't a good pick. Uh, because he's probably going to be pushed out wide. He still may be pushed out wide, but it looks like in the system that they're playing, he plays, even though he's kind of playing like as a winger sometimes off a striker, he's getting a lot more central than he did last year rather than just like chalking up and playing super wide. Uh, So that's important. It just puts him around the goal because he's so good and pacey when he gets the ball and gets to run at defenders through the middle of the pitch. And I guess what I'm thinking too is, He's 7 mil, so go to the midfield section and you tell me what 7 mil option you think is for sure going to be better than him to start the season, and I can't find one. Yeah, you can't. Um, I mean, it's him, Arnie, and King kind of in that price range, right? Yes. So, uh, and, wait, and and Tosin. Oh, yeah, and Tosin. Tosin. Sorry. So um, I think that we talked about this off the pot a little bit and we'll talk about it when we go to West Ham, but Arnie's a little bit more risque right now. So. Yeah, risque. Jake's hard. Uh, anybody on Fulham you're interested in or not so much? Uh, keeping a close eye on Fulham. Um, I think their offense is going to be more impressive than their back line. 
Um, but no, not to start the season. So I made fun of one of our friends for it. So I can't be putting any of their players in my team. So. That's the key. It's it's very important that on the pod you let your personal vendettas bleed through. Yeah, exactly. It's probably going to bite me soon, right in the beginning of the season. Right in Fulham the dick. Actually, yeah, Fulham have some good, good fixtures, but I just don't. I don't like their squads. So okay, all right, Chelsea Huddersfield. Then um, Chelsea have looked completely anemic offensively uh, for most of the preseason. I'm sure they'll be well boosted by Hazard and Will. I am uh, getting some minutes, most likely. Uh, the back line looks to be relatively cemented. Um, so it looks like Rudiger and, and Luis will start in the center back spots and Aspie and Alonso will start in the outside back spots. Uh, I mean, obviously that could change, but that's what it kind of looks like at the moment. So those would be pretty decent uh, options. I think Rudiger or Luis could be good in the, in the center back role. I mean, I'm thinking they're going to clean against Huddersfield. Huddersfield is not very good. Um, I just don't know what they're going to look like offensively. Yeah, I agree. I was in the beginning having more offensive Chelsea players in my team because I was like, they're so cheap, but I'm going to stay away from that. Um, Defensively, I agree. I think the back line, I agree with what you were saying. Uh, David Luiz is very interesting to me because of his price and getting in a top five club or six if you want to count Arsenal. Um, <laughs> yeah, their defense is terrible. Uh, no, but uh, he's interesting to me. Um, and it would be 0.5 that I would be saving. I had him in my team for a long time. Right now he's not there, but I agree. I think if there was a game to be 0-0 in the first game week, this would be it. What I'm struggling with is... Is David Luiz going to stay there long term? Yeah, um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that Sari's the type of manager that kind of like sticks with guys. You know, like he picks a, a player and then he leaves them in that position. And so part of me is thinking, yes, he's going to stay there long term. But the thing I've actually been wrestling with is at five point five, I could go with Bellerin, who is going to start every single match. The downer is his first two fixtures are so bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll talk about it then, but it, it's not unreasonable to start with uh, David Luis and then go to Bellerin like you, you might be planning on doing. So Yeah. Okay, that's the halfway point. Uh, next half of the games, Watford and Brighton. Kind of an interesting one because both these teams are going to definitely be firing for three points to start their season. Uh, we've got Grob over there at Brighton. Uh, Watford, I have no idea what they're going to look like this year. They were bad last year. Yeah, they were they were bad when like Silva was in this strange like are they going to get rid of him? Are they not? And then they were bad in the beginning with their new manager, but at the end of the season they looked a little bit better. Um all just all around, like maybe not keeping a ton of clean sheets, but maybe only giving up a goal here like occasionally or a goal a game unless they were playing a really good side um and started scoring a little bit more so Watford always start the season strong and Brighton are of the bottom half of the table I'm pretty sure they finish bottom half um they seem like they've done the most to like boost their team um of besides the promoted squads so right. 
there's probably going to be like a player in this game that if you captained him, you'd get more points than captaining any other player. That's like how I feel about this game, but it's just like who. Um, I think Grob is an okay player to have, but they just have so many bad fixtures after this. And again, I think playing at Watford's a tough place to play currently. I have Foster and Goal starting. Um, and, I, you know, I could see this being like a 1-0 a affair. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Wolves-Everton. Actually, of like all the games uh, in game week one, with the exception of maybe the Arsenal-City game, Wolves-Everton is definitely my second most excited to watch game. Uh, I'm really excited because I think both of these teams are probably going to finish like upper half of the table together this year. They've both done quite a bit. Uh, to strengthen their sides, uh, and they both have now what are known to be pretty offensive attacking teams. I'm just really excited for the prospects of the match. From an FPL perspective, I could see there being a lot of points here. Yeah, I agree. Um, Richarlison and Tosin, I think, are good options on Everton. Um, Wolves, we, we've talked about Jota, and then Jimenez is a good option if you can afford him. Um, it's hard bringing in new players to the Premier League and expecting them to get returns, but uh, I agree. I think there's going to be some goals in this game. Yeah, should be a, a really good match. Um, I think defensively I would probably avoid both teams, but offensively feel free to get those guys into your lineups uh, and let them score points for you. Uh, okay, Liverpool and West Ham. Um, I would guess West Ham would sit super deep in this match uh, and let Liverpool just pull train on them is what I'm kind of hoping. Uh, <laughs> just one after the other, just, you know, goal after goal after goal. You shouldn't have dressed like that. Um, so I don't know. But, but on the other side of that, we could see West Ham sit super deep and frustrate Liverpool, um, just like Liverpool's always frustrated when any team ever stacks it up against them yeah what west ham i just feel like oh yeah we we did all these we brought in all these good players and then they like realize in this game it's like oh yeah they were all attacking players we didn't do anything to fix our terrible defense yeah terrible. Um, except i guess fabianski but like he can't he can't play defense and save everything so uh, this is why I'm going triple Liverpool, and I'm in the camp of two attacking Liverpool players, so I'm hoping to see a lot of goals. So Yeah, you kind of convinced me of the, the double Liverpool attack. Um, you know, it's interesting, and we talked about it, like, I think in our first pod of the preseason. Uh, Salah's ownership is at, like, I think 53% now, and everyone will most likely captain him if they obviously have the, him on their team. Uh, so... The only way to really differentiate yourself in that Liverpool attack or to benefit from that Liverpool attack is to have another Liverpool attacker. Yeah, I agree. And I just, I, people are a lot, I see a lot of people going double Liverpool defense and I just, I don't get it because you're probably going to have, unless you, I guess, unless you go VVD and then Allison, uh, you're going to get a lot of rotation with your other players we think um and you're assuming that those players are gonna get like a return and a clean or like you know one or the other but Firmino scores a goal or gets an assist very frequently he returns pretty well so you know I some people argue statistically he had like a 
a pretty great season. Like it's going to be hard for him to repeat it, but I don't see it that way. Um, and then Mane, as when he's healthy, he just scores goals and he gets five points for that. So I I am in the camp of having one of those two players and just one Liverpool defender and taking maybe a risk with you know maybe going like David Luiz um, and saving. You know, like in the beginning, clean sheets just don't tend to happen too frequently. So I think go- banking for cleans is not a good way to start your season. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, obviously, keeping an eye on Arnie in that match as well. I'm just more interested to see where he plays, if he, especially if he's pushed out wide. It sounds like they're going to do a two-striker system is what a lot of the West Ham fans are saying, but um, it's really hard to know exactly. If he gets pushed out wide, his value drops significantly. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Southampton and Burnley. Um, I don't know, probably going to be a snooze fest. Uh, a lot of people do have Chaz uh, in their teams right now, 6.0 striker. Uh, Burnley, it's kind of a, a mixed bag. Uh, we've got a few managers, a handful of managers that have defensive uh, assets from Burnley because they were so solid last year. Um you know, we've talked about this already before, but I'm just not really seeing it. The cost has gone up too much for those Burnley defensive assets. Um, there are a few offensive players for Burnley that could return FPL points, especially against a Southampton defense that was very weak last year. Uh, but I don't have a ton of interest in this match in general. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on like Cedric? I mean, he's owned by a lot of players and he ended the season really well under Marcuse. Do you think that he's worth owning in the beginning? I mean, not necessarily just against Burnley, um, but four four point five as a wing back um, and gets up into the attack. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm definitely going to consider him. Um, my concern is that he might not play game week one, which I guess isn't a huge deal. Uh, I should have other players playing that would cover that. He apparently had some sort of stomach bug, so I would just monitor that if you're a manager that does have him. Um, I'm definitely considering him. Um, just because I want to free just a little bit more funds up. I could move one of my 5.0 defenders to a 4.5 Cedric uh, and then distribute that money somewhere else in my team. Yeah, and the only other thing I want to say before you move to the final game is, and the best, you know, say the best for last, but um, I'm a big fan of Chaz, and I think that he creates a lot of chances um i think he you know he does get injured but he's starting the season healthy and if you can find a way to put him in your team if i wouldn't personally reach for a guy like king or wood right now and i would save the 0.5 to go with Chaz if that's the route you want to go with um what about i think he's worth the risk what about Chaz versus like arnie or zaha that's a little bit harder um if you're you know if you're going up to the seven i think there's a little bit more consistent value there um, but i would be in the camp right now since we aren't a hundred percent sure what's going on with arnie that i would maybe do Chaz and then zaha um if you want a seven and like a six six point five. Oh, big words there yeah all right so. last match your favorite arsenal city get ready for jake to start hating arsenal as of sunday august 12th uh, so up to this point, Jake's been very excited about the Arsenal team. Once the season begins, like every single Arsenal fan in the entire world, he will begin to hate himself and his club. Jake, what are your thoughts on the Arsenal City game? 
I I actually, that's not going to happen this year. Yeah, right. Down right now. Right. No, right. no, no, no. I think Emery was just what they needed. Um, I think that coming into the season, I'm not expecting them. I would be ecstatic if they get into the top four. I think that's a good goal, but I would be very excited. Um, so I think the key for Arsenal is honestly to focus on the Europa and maybe get into the Champions League that way. Um, I think they're going to lose this game, but they do play well at home. So it would be nice to see a a goal or two. Um, But I do think their defense is very suspect and I'm excited to own Man City players. Uh, That's my take on it. So, yeah, I also think that just because it's the opening fixture of the season and it's a big match, I do think that Arsenal having all these great attacking assets that they do will be pushing forward and it's going to leave gaps for the likes of Aguero, uh, Mahrez, um, Bilva to probably score some goals in behind. Um, I could see like a, you know, a three, one match to city and Aguero with a brace. Yeah, I, that would be my guess is three, one as well. But, um, the, the one question like I've been debating is do I actually start with like a Mendy um, even though I don't think Man City gets a clean and then just consider transferring him maybe like holding till game week like maybe not make the transfer game week one and then game week two have two and consider moving him in I don't know it's yeah so... I, I do think Arsenal's going to score against Man City if they don't I'll be very disappointed but Watching Chelsea and Arsenal play, Chelsea looked like the better team. Um, and then I didn't watch the game. You did. Um, and But I read the reports. I mean, obviously, Man City absolutely destroyed Chelsea. So the only thing Arsenal have going for them, it's game week one and they're, they're yeah. at the Emirates. Okay. So, so before you turn this into Arscast again, um, uh, I'm going to cut you off there. Let's talk a little bit about that strategy there because we're done talking about matches. So let's just quick talk about this strategy and then we'll move on. Um Here's a question. Do you plan early transfers uh, in the early parts of the FPL season? So by that, I mean what you were just saying. Do you say, like, I'm going to start without Mendy and then bring him in after game week two or something like that? Or do you try to set your lineups right at the beginning of the season? That might mean that you have some money sitting on your bench in game week one, but then you don't have to make transfers early. Well, so I'm in the camp that you try to really avoid that. Um, but I guess my argument would be in the case I'm saying is David Luiz is probably going to be good for a few game weeks. Um, so it's not something that I would I would file in like the emergency case, right? Like I wouldn't be like, I need to get this guy out. Oh, yeah. um, so that's where I think it's okay to consider that. I see a ton of managers on FPL Twitter saying like okay so here's my team and then after game week 1 I'm going to I'm going to move this guy out and then after game week 2 I'm going to move this guy out cuz he has bad fixtures I think it's such a bad idea uh you shouldn't be punting early in the season I think you just get your lineup set you don't make a transfer after the first game week your lineup should be good to go for the first two game weeks and then uh going into the the game week 2 you actually will have uh, two trans. Excuse me. Going into game week three, you'll have two transfers available to make necessary switches that you may need to make. 
Yeah, and so just that's a very good point. So think about it. Man City plays away against Arsenal, but then they play at home against Huddersfield, and Chelsea, vice versa, will play away at Huddersfield and then at home versus Arsenal. So, yeah, when you when you put it that way, it's like, does it really matter? No, maybe I should be worried about somewhere else later. Yeah. So It might just mean some money sits on your bench, which you're just going to have to suck up and deal with for a week. Yeah, which I, I'm in the camp that having like a .5 mil is actually not a bad idea to start yeah. the season. God, you go camping a lot, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I like camping. You're so. in a lot of camps, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, well, you, you know. You know that line, like, I'm in a camp, it means, like, that's you can't be in multiple camps. You're in one camp. Well, no, you can be in multiple camps no. if they're different arguments. No, you can't. You pick one camp, that's the camp you're in. All right, I disagree. I'm in the camp of disagreeing you've, with that. So. I'm in the camp that you've never gone camping before. <laughs> uh, no, I've definitely gone camping. So. All right, we're done with this. Okay. All right. So we're going to get to the last couple sections of the pod here. Uh, next section of the pod, it's a trap. It's a trap. The Emerald Akbar section of the pod. I pause there because that's going to be the part where Emerald Akbar goes, it's a trap, which is literally my favorite part of every podcast. Um, in this section of the pot, we talk about things that look good, but maybe aren't. And we've got two things to talk about today. Uh, the first thing, a couple outside backs uh, that have some trouble. First off, Shaw over at Man United. I currently actually have him in my team, and now I'm saying that it is a trap. I'm nervous to have him in my team. Uh, I don't know how long he's going to last in that lineup. And on top of it, we've already talked about it. That Man United team does not look settled. The defense does not look as sharp as it did last year. Jake, thoughts on Shaw? Yeah, I I don't want him in my team. Yeah, that's all you have to say. Uh, Alonzo and Aspi over at Chelsea, both priced at 6.5 this year. I know that they're likely assured starts. The issue is it just doesn't look like they're going to be getting forward. Alonzo, uh, the player that was known to get super far forward, has not had the opportunity to do that under Sarri's system. I would avoid. Yeah, I also agree I would avoid. If you look at the Community Shield stats a little bit deeper, um, Mendy, Walker, and Alonzo did get forward a little bit more. Um, I would argue that it's hard to evaluate Alonzo completely because Chelsea were just so overmatched. Um, That's fair. But yes, I would avoid... I would avoid in the beginning. I think there's other options that around the 6 or 6.5 mil price range that are better. Uh, three other players that are super high percentage own Trippier, Maguire, Daniels. Um, Trippier and Maguire not likely to start the season. There's a chance Maguire might, uh, but Trippier most likely not. And Daniels, also super highly owned, also uh, unlikely to start. Bournemouth, um, I think, just brought in a player that they're talking might replace him. Uh, and Bournemouth's defense is not good. So also players to definitely keep an eye on, and it's pretty ridiculous how many managers own them. Yeah, no, I'm excited about it. Let's be real. So yeah, Oh, yeah, you're happy that they're highly percentage-owned? Yeah, we try to help the people, but if they don't want to listen, they, you know, that's fine. Didn't we start this pod to try to confuse as many people as we could so that we could <laughs> oh, yeah, move up in right. the overall ranks? Yeah, exactly. So We just give bad info on purpose. Yeah, start with Daniels, you know, Maguire. Who else is highly owned? Yeah. Luke, Malone, Sh- Luke Shaw. <laughs> Luke Shaw isn't fat. You should totally bring him in your team. Yeah, he said he's been working out a lot. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, I guess this is getting towards the end of the pod here, Jake. Uh, who are your captain shouts for the week? 
Game week one, who are you putting that band on? Uh, well, I got Salah in my team, so it's going to go to Salah. So. Yeah. I think that will be for most managers. The other guy, I guess, that people will probably captain will be Aguero, right? Yeah, uh, good choice. It's always, I hate captaining players away from home if their name doesn't end with Allah, but um, <laughs> so <laughs> I Is would that like be supposed a to be bit... a God reference, Allah? No, Because we are a non-religiously I... affiliated pod just so you know, yeah, Jake. I just disclaimer. Kind of disclaimer. I, yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, so that was my bad. So I'll have to make a different joke next time. But um, yeah, he's a little bit worrisome. Although you know, you look at Arsenal's defense and you're like, there's there's got to be goals from someone. So true. Um, any other ideas for captains, or just those two for you? I think some people are going to take that differential punt and they'll go like Sanchez. Oh yeah, or something Sanchez. like that. I I don't necessarily agree with that, but. Um, I think he might be the differential captain for some people. Um, but, you know, to each his own, I think maybe at the beginning of the year, some managers like to go in the camp of taking risks. Whereas I think, uh, I, I think De Bruyne was my differential captain game week one last year. It didn't work out. I'm yeah. just going to say that yeah, just to remind people. Definitely didn't. Uh, okay, let's not get into too much detail, but um, what are some things you're wrestling with with your personal team right now? I know we had talked about a few little issues that you were still trying to iron out. I know you had said as well that the core of your team's kind of together. So what's going on in the fringes of your team? We can just share that with the listeners and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, yeah, all right. I'll keep it under a minute. I'm struggling with goalkeeper still. Currently, I am rotating two 4.5s, but I'm really tempted to save a half mil. Um, you can talk about that and finish because you've, you've told me that's your strategy. Uh, the other thing is having two Crystal Palace defense. I don't like it, um, but I'm a really big fan of Sako, and I just can't argue not having Juan Basaka on my team. Um, but I may drop Sako down to a 4.5 or even a 4 to give me more money. Um, and then the only other thing I'm struggling with is currently right now I have Kamara in my team to free up money and I just don't know if I should bump him up to Chaz but I am in the camp I know you hate that <laughs> phrase uh, that the third striker for your team is just not crucial anymore in FPL so to follow that rule I should not be paying more than 5 mil for him and I wish Sorloth was starting because he would have been more interesting to me and I would have fixed my crystal palace argument maybe even because uh, i couldn't have two defenders but um right now it's kamara so okay uh i'm dealing with a lot of the same issues i mean i've got shaw on my side like i said i want to get him out for like a 4.5 i currently have a 4.5 midfielder in who i'd really like to get up um and so that's the one of the ways that i would enable that would be to drop uh one of my strikers jimenez who's at 5.5 basically down to like a 5 or a 4.5 uh, to try to boost um, boost that 4.5 midfielder up into a player who I think is going to be more beneficial to me. I'm not sure how I'm going to do that or if I'm going to do that. I'm wrestling with it right now. But with the exception of those like three little moves there, the rest of my team I think is basically set in stone. Yeah, I would be interesting on our, you know, our listeners, what they think the best like 5.5 mid or less is. And would you consider just going 4.5? 
um, because they're all the same to you, if if that makes sense. Like, yeah. is it even worth going to a 5 or 5.5? So currently I have Will Hughes, who I was big on last year. He didn't end up doing very much, um, but I, I'm struggling with that position a little bit as well. Yeah. Well, this is it, man. I mean, this is the end. This is game week one. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm ready for it to start. How are you feeling? Dude, I'm, I'm really excited. And I was thinking that with my new job switch, I can actually watch like every single game, basically. I, I got really excited when I thought about that. Yeah, it will be fun to be able to like chat with you during the games because last year you were so buried with work. Yeah, I mean, and now too, since I work late anyways, I may as just stay up and go to bed after the games so, and cry myself to sleep. Yeah. Okay, that's a great idea. Uh, all right, follow us on Twitter at FPL Dive, uh, Instagram The Art of the Dive. We've had a lot of new followers on there lately. I think they're just interested in seeing funny pictures of Jake that I like to post. Uh, our website, theartofthedive.wordpress.com, has our podcast on it as well as well as some articles uh, and some other links to some useful resources. Again, join our mini league, League Dive one two seven four eight seven one eight eight six two nine if you're listening to this pod you should be in the league stop thinking about it it's going to be fun we'll talk about it when the season gets going so join the league Uh, make sure to download our pod and subscribe itunes soundcloud stitcher google play we've got it going on we're all over the place jake you good yeah i'm good i'm excited all right let's wrap this baby up i'm marco and i'm jake let's dive